2: welcome back Wait, to the kenny and jt show it's our privilege every friday afternoon usually at five o'clock to bring in scott petrick and talk browns football but this week is unlike any other week because Uh-oh. we don't have browns football on sunday so we don't have scott Petrek at five o'clock we have browns football on monday so let's move scotty petrick to friday at four scotty how are you
0: i'm good how are you guys
2: doing good
1: Scotty, as we look at this football team, they're where everybody thought they would be after seven games, right? Two and five and getting ready to get uh, Deshaun Watson back and make a a playoff push. Scotty, why are they two and five at this point, in your opinion, having been there for practice every day and at the games and talking to these guys?
0: Yeah, Kenny, I wish I could pin it to one or two things, but I think that's the problem. It's been a little of everything. The defense hasn't been... Nearly as good as expected. You know, first it was breakdowns in the secondary. Then it was bad run defense for a couple of weeks. Um, special teams has been awful. Uh, you know, and when Jakeem Grant senior got hurt, you thought, okay, the return game wouldn't be, um, you know, much of a threat, but it's been beyond that. It's been, you know, penalties. There was, they gave up a big return the other day and they're just not helping things. And then the offense. You know, I think it has been pretty good overall, but it goes through some lulls and there's some questionable play calls against Atlanta. So it's kind of been a little bit of everything, but the bottom line is they're just not making enough big plays at key moments, and that's why four of the losses have been by three points or less.
2: But the good news is this. We sign our long snapper to a four-year extension Oh, today. boy. Scotty, uh, you know, I've been going back and forth on this Monday night game for a couple of days now, and especially before we heard – Uh, the story about Jamar Chase being held out Monday night, and I looked at the point spread, and I thought, three and a half, and then they reposted today at three because they took it off the board yesterday. But I'm rethinking the Browns, and correct me if I'm wrong, even in a loss, and even though they gave up the big punt return, and even though they weren't able to make a game-tying field goal in the last couple of minutes of the game, did the Browns play their best football in a losing effort so far this season against Baltimore last Sunday?
0: I would say the defense might have played its best game, you know, holding Lamar Jackson to nine completions and Mark Andrews in hundred and twenty yards and Mark mm-hmm. Andrews to no catches. Um especially coming off the disappointing performance of the defense. I, I might give you the defense. I-, I wouldn't say overall I thought the offense looked better. Uh you know, they played better against the Jets, I think. They played the offense scored twenty eight against the Chargers and it could have been more than that. Uh, but, you know, I do think it was an encouraging performance, mm-hmm. given that they played so poorly the week before against New England that it was a step in the right direction. I thought the effort was good. I thought the defense was much improved. Uh, but, you know, in a loss, it's hard to say that that was their best game, um, just best game overall.
2: The reason I ask the question is because we've been talking about complementary football for a, a number of years now. And if this team can finally put it together, maybe then they can go up against Cincinnati in a game that a lot of us don't think the Browns can win. This team, we heard about the infighting maybe after the game, and we think a lot of times that's normal. But then again, we heard people like yourself and some others saying that they were really kind of going at it in the locker room. Is this team torn apart, or do they like each other, basically?
0: Yeah, I think the... Frustration and the yelling in the locker room is not abnormal, but I think it was to a higher level following that Ravens game, and I think it bears watching to see see if this team will stick together because these are difficult times. Uh, But I've got no indication that they're pulling apart. Um, You know, you watch in practice; I'm in that locker room. You know, it feels like the guys are still together, but we need to see that show up on the field. So that's certainly something that bears watching. But just hearing that, you know, just from the locker room, whatever, outbursts, Mm -hmm. yelling, uh, I'm not ready to say that the team is pulled apart to this point.
1: All right, Scotty, which of these two statements I'm about to make is more accurate, okay?
0: Mm -hmm. The
1: players are losing faith in Stefanski, or Stefanski is losing faith in some of his players.
0: If I had to pick one, I'd probably go the first one. Um and that might be because Kevin Stefanski would probably never admit that he's losing faith in his players, and I haven't seen that from a game a game plan perspective. You know, especially offensively. Okay, like I feel like Kevin Stefanski feels like they can move the ball up and down the field, and you see it in the opening drives when it's all scripted, and they have some success. And even late in the game in Baltimore, they had success. You know, Amari Cooper doesn't you know extend his arm there for the OPI. The Browns score the go-ahead touchdown. So I'm sure there's guys on the roster that Kevin Stefanski has doubts about that maybe he didn't at the start of the year, you know, players that have underperformed. But, you know, it's I think just overall probably in this league, it's easier to think that, yeah, you know, the guys can look at their coach and go, hey, we're losing. Um, I'm going to lose faith in that guy.
1: And here's why I, I raised that question because a buddy of ours texted us, and maybe you can verify this. The Browns are 4-10 and 10 in their last 14 games over two seasons. Um, different players off season into a new season, but the coach is still the same. And so is this more of a coaching problem, or is this more of a player's problem?
0: Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, the players are pretty much the same, too. So, you know, I don't know if they get – I wouldn't give them a pass. Uh, but, you know, it's, obviously, is a losses pile up than the – the attention gets shifted to the coach, right? Because it's one guy as opposed to 53 guys. Uh, I, you know, I don't think the organization is there by any stretch. I think Stefanski has done plenty of good things, including as a play caller. I, I see that's it goes back to the original point Like, Yes, there are coaching issues and there's coaching issues at defensive coordinator. There's coaching issues at special teams coaching, but there's also roster issues. And that's not on them. That's, you know, on Andrew Barry and his, Personnel staff. When you say, "Okay, Grant Delpit has not played like the player they thought he would be," and even JOK until that Ravens game, I thought he played really well against the Ravens. But before that, you know, I don't think he played up to what the bronze thought he would be. And there's, you know, a handful of players like that um, that are key players. And then you tie that all together, and that's how you lose close games. But you can also say, "Well, they're close games, so the talent isn't that far off." You know, mm-hmm. it's it's never that simple when it comes to. Um, you know, losing football games, especially the way the Browns are losing them.
2: Scotty, now that Deshaun Watson's back in the building, basically, is it a distraction? I mean, when you see these guys, have you spotted Deshaun Watson? And if so, what's the mood of the team when they see him up there in Berea? Yeah, I mean, I think
0: I think they're fine having him around. I mean, you know, he's going to be their quarterback for, you know, unless something goes crazy, he'll be the quarterback for the next four-plus years. So, um, you know, I know everything off the field of Deshaun Watson and people have had their rightful reactions to that. But I've never had a player tell me that that, that they were upset about that. So I, I think they're glad to have their franchise quarterback back in the building. Yes, I have seen him. He's been, you know, usually kinda of stops in the locker room for a second while we're in there. I saw him talking to one of the strength coaches outside the locker room. I think it was yesterday. Um so yeah, I don't think that's a distraction. What might be a distraction at some level is hey, This guy's going to come back at some point, like, not like waiting for him to come back, right? There's a focus on, Mm -hmm. hey, maybe things will be different when he comes back. But, but I haven't gotten that yet because we're still, you know, more than a month away. Maybe, you know, if if they lose again and they lose to Cincinnati and you're two and six, then maybe you can really get a sense for, hey, the clock's ticking toward. When does Watson come back?
2: Scotty, going into the season, we all pretty much felt that there would be a suspension, albeit we didn't think it was going to be 11 games. So it ends up being 11 games. But my question has got to be this. At what point in time, and why do you feel they went after a guy like Jacoby Brissett? Not necessarily a big-time quarterback. Was it merely a fact that they thought that maybe Deshaun Watson wouldn't be suspended this long? Because it sure seems as though they try to make him do things that he's not really comfortable doing. You know, he's not comfortable throwing the ball down the field it seems uh, like it's more high efficient passes I don't know
0: I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight you on that last thing I, I think first of all I think that's been pretty good outside of that Patriots game where he had the three turnovers like, I, I think he's he's exceeded my expectations he's given them a chance to win and you know Baltimore he was 22 for 27 I mean he completed 81 and a half percent you know that should get it done and I, I know the knock on him is he doesn't throw well downfield. He completed a bunch of passes downfield yeah. against the Ravens. They dared him to throw deep, and he did. You know, I think he hit Amari Cooper on a deep one early, Don Peoples-Jones late. Cooper should have been a touchdown to go ahead with two minutes left. Um So I, I disagree a little bit with that part of it. As far as the Browns' pursuit of him, they signed him early, like almost immediately after oh, the trade for Watson. And, yeah, I they knew that he would have to start. You're right. They did not know he would have to start for 11 games. Now, once they knew that, they were comfortable enough that he was their best option. And that included going after Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. And we can argue whether Brissett's better than Garoppolo or not. um, But that's how the Browns felt. They really thought that he would be a good place, you know, whatever, seat holder Mm -hmm. for Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, they would have preferred if it wasn't 11 games. But when they looked at that quarterback landscape, I, I think they thought that's about as good as they could do for A temporary
2: replacement yeah you know I want to go back to that Baltimore you made it you made a really good comment there he throws for 258 yards against Baltimore but the the problem with me is when I see Jacoby Brissett in there it just doesn't strike fear into me and I'm really nervous that the next play is going to be a mistake maybe that's because we've seen the history of it so far this season but he just doesn't seem to me to be a prolific passer
0: well there's two points there. Number one, he's not. I mean, he's a backup quarterback, right? He's like a borderline yeah. backup journeyman, um, you know, that kind of quarterback, right? Like a bridge quarterback. That's who he okay. is. And so, yeah, so your feelings are understood. And, I, you know, I think the Browns probably have those feelings to some extent is that, yeah, he's not the player Deshaun Watson is. Having said that, he's done a lot of things well. He's giving them – he continues to give them chances to win games. And, and the other part of it is, who would they have gone out and gotten, right? Like, once you decide to get Deshaun Watson, you're not going to go get Matt Ryan, right? Right. So, like, the options were kind of limited. Um, I mean, I guess they couldn't really hold on to Baker Mayfield, right? that was an option. So, you know, Jimmy G always felt like the guy that could have gone and gotten, and the Browns chose Brissett over um, Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, Mitch Trubisky was out there too at the time, right? And that's the local kid. They elected not to go that route. They went uh, after Jacoby Brissett. So um, I, I I understand it because I, all of us think they felt he's going to be there for five or six games, and that'll be fine. You know, we'll be three and three, and, and that'll be good enough to get Deshaun Watson back. Well, now they're two and five. They're staring two and six in the face at the bye week. Uh, Scott Petrak. So here's my question to you: If they are two and six going into the bye and that's time to evaluate the team from the GM on down, right? Do you expect a head to roll uh, here on Halloween weekend uh, for the for the Browns if they're 2-6 and six going into that bye week?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a million-dollar question, Kenny. And I would still say no. You know, I think Kevin Stefanski's default is not to make a major move um, during the season. You know, after the season, you reassess everything. Having said that, if you're two and six and have lost five in a row, then you have to be on high alert for that. And whether that would be, you know, Joe Woods or Mike Prefer, you know, those two guys would seem to be the likeliest candidates yeah. to, um, you know, be replaced. Uh, and then I think the same thing applies for the trade deadline. You know, I think you're more likely to make a trade if you're Andrew Barry. If I know it's only one game, but three and five feels different to me than two and six, right? Two and six, it yeah. feels like you're almost out of it. And three and five, there's a little hope. The division's down. Nobody's running away with anything. So I think plenty could change depending on the outcome of Monday night. All right. You brought up
1: the trade deadline. How does Kareem Hunt stay on this football team past Tuesday, Scott? I, I can't see a way. I really can't because uh, they are depleted with draft picks. There are teams out there that need running backs. It may not be a, a second or a third round you, you think you deserve for him, but uh, a fourth let, let's say it's a fourth-round pick. Do, do they move him for a fourth-round pick?
0: I'm torn on that, Kenny. Me, personally, I would hold out for a third-rounder, and if I didn't okay. get I would keep... Kareem Hunt because I do think he adds value to this team I think you want to surround Deshaun Watson with quality players to see how the team looks with Deshaun Watson at quarterback and you know I don't know what the likelihood of Kareem Hunt signing an extension is beyond this year but I think that goes away if you trade him so I would hang on to him unless I got a third round pick I think Andrew Barry would consider a fourth rounder to me fifth and sixth and seventh like That's not worth it, right? I know you want to replenish draft picks, but I don't think those are worth it. I think the fourth rounder is where Andrew Barry would have a difficult decision to make.
1: Because I think if it's a high fourth rounder, they do it, right? That's like a late yeah. third round. You know what I mean? Depending on the yeah. team. But the teams that need him or might want him are all going to be picking late, in my opinion. That's you know Kansas City. That's Philadelphia. That's, that's Buffalo. So it's going to be more like a fifth round pick because it's going to be late in the fourth. You know what I mean? So I see where yeah. you're coming from, Scotty. I'm with you. A
0: third rounder is where I would definitely target. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the teams that would want him. And, you know, I think Kareem Hunt is better than James Robinson, but he was a conditional sixth, right? So, you know, and you're not going to get what you got for Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, I've tried to find that kind of sweet spot. And I just think Kareem Hunt is still a really quality player. I really do. I think he's in the prime of his career. And I know that you might only have nine games left with him, so therefore you'd want to get something back. I, I get all of that. Um but you'd have to make it worth my while if I were the
2: Absolutely, Scotty. Let's look at the defense quickly. Jacob Fields, or, I'm sorry, Jacob Phillips placed on IR tears his pectoral muscle. Is Deion Jones ready to fill that void now?
0: I asked Joe Woods that, and he goes, "Well, we don't really have a choice, do we?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, valid point." <laughs> um, he thinks he is, though. You know, he, he said he gained some confidence by getting those 30 snaps against the Ravens there's a higher comfort level in the system being here now it's 3 weeks he's been here so uh, you know when Andrew Bay made the trade it was i considered it he was going to replace Jacob Phillips and it turns out that he will and that it's necessary that he made that move because the Browns didn't have another answer behind Jacob Phillips and if they had said hey we're going to trust him and he'd gotten hurt like he did um they'd be really be scrambling at that position so the trade winds up you know, I don't know if Deion Jones is better than Jacob Phillips. He might be, because right. I did not think Phillips played particularly well. Um, you know, I thought the last couple of games he had been a little better. But um, I think it winds up being a really wise move on Andrew Barry's part just because you wind up losing your top two middle linebackers and Anthony Walker Jr. and then Jacob Phillips.
2: So that with that being said, then, what's pecking or What's our depth chart now? Who's behind Deion Jones?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you could probably play J.O.K. in the middle a little bit. You could probably play Taki Taki. They have Jordan Canusich. I hope I'm not butchering his name. Mm-hmm. He's got some history playing in the middle. So, you know, if you lose two guys, I mean, the fact that right. you're not yeah. going to have – there's not a team in a league where you lose, you know, your top two middle linebackers. And it's like, oh, we got six other guys waiting. Um, so you just have to hope that these guys stay healthy. And it'll be interesting. J.O.K. did not practice the last two days with a knee injury. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to go Monday night.
1: Okay, let's start there then. Who is out? Who is questionable for Monday night's game? We know Jamar Chase, it's a big blow to their offense for Cincinnati. We know he's out. What about the Browns?
0: Well, because it's a Monday night game, we don't have the official questionable, doubtful out. Um, that won't come until tomorrow afternoon. Miles Garrett didn't practice the last two days, but he's going to play. You know, he's still fighting through that shoulder and bicep, but he will play. Jaden Clowney practiced today, which is a good sign, so I expect him to play Obviously not the full-time role that he usually has, which he didn't in Baltimore. You know, by the end, by, the second half, he was only playing on, like, third downs. Um, the questions are JOK. I don't expect David Njoku to play with that high ankle. He was be- he was in a boot today. So I know he's getting better, and he looked pretty good walking around yesterday. But I think he'll miss at least the Bengals game and then hopefully come back after the bye. I'd expect Farrah Brown and Denzel Ward to still be out. They're both in concussion protocol um greedy williams has been sick the last two days and not practicing so you hope to get him back right and he's able to come back um but there's a lot of guys that are question marks you know and it you look at that tight end room and then you look at the cornerback room with denzel ward and maybe greedy williams
1: Scotty, this team, for whatever reason, has played the Bengals well in recent years. Heck, Joe Burrow has never beaten the Cleveland Browns. Now, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, he was, what, 5-1, and one, I think, against the Bengals, but he's not here. It's Jacoby Brissett. So how do you see this one uh, on Monday night as the Browns have lost four in a row and after an 0-2 start, the Bengals are playing good football, and now they have to keep up with Baltimore, who won last night?
0: Yeah, it's tough for me with the Burrow thing. You know, 0-3, he's too good. Be three <laughs> against the Browns, and they played well against them. You know, obviously, two of those games he was were yeah, two of those games he was a rookie. Um, yeah. One Baker made a great play at the end on that drive, um, the touchdown drive. Uh, but you know, my point is, I don't think this string is going to go on forever. Beating Joe Burrow now. Could it go on one more game? Yes. You know, I think the Browns are desperate. Jacoby Brissett and Greg Newsome talked about emptying everything they have in the tank because he got the bye week coming up. So you know, I like that about it. They all know that. They need this win to hang around contention. So I think the Browns would give a really good effort. Uh, the question is, is, is it going to be enough? And is it going to be enough against a really good quarterback in Joe Burrow? And I lean toward no. Uh, the Jamar Chase injury I think does hurt the Bengals. I don't think there's any argument about that. But you know, still got Joe Burrow, we still have T. Higgins, and you know Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. So you know, I, right now I'm picking the Bengals in a close one. I wouldn't be stunned if the Browns pulled it out because they need the game. You know, the game is so important to them. But I do like the fact that the Bengals have been playing well and they have Joe Burrow. Scotty,
2: if you, if you wanted to scout this game and you're, you're scouting the Bengals, you look at how they took on Atlanta last week. Joe Burrow throws the ball 42 times, I believe. They only ran the ball like 20, 21 times. Now, if they're looking at the Browns, do they want to utilize Joe Mixon a little bit more, maybe test the middle, or are they still going to try to air it out?
0: Well, that's interesting. Uh, If Jamar Chase were healthy, then I would say they're going to air it out. Mm -hmm. And they they still think they could beat the Browns airing it out. Without Jamar Chase, you know, they don't, it's not like they have, their next guy stepping up is not nearly on that level, right? So they still got two guys, but they don't have that third guy. So maybe you see more two tight ends. Maybe you see more of Joe Mixon. I could certainly see them venture in that way. So I'm interested to see. Just like on the other side of the ball. If the Browns don't have David Njoku and Farrell Brown, do they still try to go with two and three tight ends? Mm-hmm. You know, it would be Harrison Bryant and then, you know, Miller Forrestal off practice squad or Michael Dunn, the guard. Or do they say, hey, we're going to go a lot of three-wides, spread them out. You can still run that way, um, but just with the different personnel because you don't have, you know, your number one and your number three tight end. So I think that's going to be fascinating to watch on both sides of the ball. But i tell you this, it's not like the Bengals are going to come out and run it 40 times. Joe Burrow is still mm-hmm. going to throw the ball a bunch. Okay. It's just, will it be more balanced past run than it has been the last two weeks when they just throw the ball all over the place?
1: Yeah, Scotty, I'm looking at it two different ways, right? I don't think the Bengals, and I don't know where they rank, okay, as far as uh, rushing yards. But I, I, I'm led to believe they're not a good running team because their offensive line does not run block well. It's a little bit better pass blocking, and Burrow makes up for that, okay? So with that in mind, I still think they're going to throw the football because I'm not sure they can run it. But going to the flip side with the Browns offense, do you not have to take the approach in this game if you're Stefanski, Van Pelt, and Brissette? We don't care if you throw four or five interceptions in this game. We need to take chances, and that's something that scares me with Brissett. But you're two and five; it's almost a must-win situation. Don't they have to go into this game throwing the kitchen sink at them and everything, possibly?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Kenny. I was thinking more short in the game. You know, hand it off a bunch. You know, I think the Bengals—they've got some good defensive numbers, and they haven't given up a touchdown in the second half all year. But when I watched the last two games and like I wasn't blown away by their defense. They don't have DJ Reeder in the middle it's black, so I think they are a little susceptible to the run. I, I would try to shorten it. I would not try to keep up with Joe Burrow. I would try to take the ball out of his hands, run it as much as possible, and then take those play action shots that they've been doing and that were successful against Baltimore. To me, that's the formula where I just don't think Kevin Safanti is comfortable with saying, Yeah, Jacoby you come out of the gate throwing it 45 times and we don't care about picks, that that to me is a chance for the game to get away from you.
1: Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I told you this last week, Scotty, it's deja vu all over again. Until they do it, I can't pick the Browns. I've got uh, Cincinnati winning 24-17, you know, over the Browns, and until they they win again, I I just can't pick uh, them to win a football game. Yeah,
0: I get that. I I get that. I was going 27-24. I don't know if I'll – Bring that down a little bit without Chase. um, You know, I could see it being a little closer, maybe 24 21. I I do think the Browns are going to play really hard, but I'm kind of with you, Kenny, where I I need to see them snap this losing streak, uh, especially against quality competition, before before I have the confidence that they're going to figure out a way to get it done because they just haven't gotten it done enough.
1: If they lose this game, are their playoff hopes
0: gone? I mean, you know, not mathematically, but. To me, still, I don't think you can count on being nine and eight. I think you got to count on being 10 and seven to get in the playoffs. And that means you'd have to go eight and one, right? And that's, I mean, that's really hard to do. You know, we know how the <laughs> schedule is. And even yeah. if Deshaun Watson plays great, he hasn't played in 700 days. So yeah, I think it's just nearly impossible at two and six. Not that it couldn't happen, but, um, I know I would not be for playoffs with three and five. I think. I think it's much more uh, – I, I think there's just a much better chance.
1: There's some hope going into that bye week if you're 3-5 and five, at least with some momentum and you're not sitting on a five-game losing streak. Scotty, exactly. great stuff as always. Uh, thanks for making time for us. Uh, enjoy Sunday off. Go hit some straight somewhere and far on the golf course and then uh, have fun uh, on Halloween night uh, in Cleveland with the Bengals and the Browns. Thanks, fellas. Scott Petrack checking in. Uh, he does a fabulous job, and you can follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrack and check out his work on a daily basis at brownzone.com. All right, coming up next, time to sprinkle the infield here on the Kenny and JT Show. Stay with us.